This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life in FM podcast. I'm Pastor Taylor, your host, and this week we have Pastor Maggie from Good Shepherd continuing our On Mission sermon series with an answer to the question, what happens when God says no? Let's jump into our message this week. Wherever you're at, know that we're grateful to be doing life with you. Our preaching text comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 6 through 15. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace and the next day landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. We sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. Now one of those women was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. And as she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. And she and her household were baptized and she asked us to be our guests. If you agree I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So I wanna answer a question with you all today. We're in the middle of our sermon series on mission, where we're discussing how to serve God every day. That's in our homes, our community, our church, and our workplace. And as we do so, we're reading through the book of Acts and watching the disciples follow God's mission and learning lessons about how we can do the same. So I wanna make an assumption today, a point that both Pastor Mary and Pastor Taylor have made over the past two weeks. The assumption is this, We are saved by the grace of God through no deeds of our own. This is a gift. And knowing that we are saved, we are called to be on mission with God, searching where God is at work in the world and joining God in that work. So the question I want to work through today, what does being on mission look like? When we're faced with a major question in life, uh, what we are called to do, uh, where we are called to live, how we are to contribute, who we are to be, how do we find that answer? If we know Jesus loves me, How do we let others know that Jesus loves them too? Sometimes I wish navigating life with God was as easy as driving with a GPS. Maybe if God would just type in the right address, we could just power on the device and make all the correct turns to get there. I mean, how cool would it be to be able to search for perfect job, meaningful retirement, or best place to volunteer and click search nearby? And as we search for God's mission in our life, how reassuring would it be to hear the Holy Spirit say, you are on the fastest route, or in 500 feet, turn left, or your destination is on the right. I don't know about you, but unfortunately, the clearest directions I've ever gotten sounded a little more like rerouting, or in 400 feet, make a U-turn. There's something desirable about thinking we can take the perfect right steps to achieve God's specific plan for our life. And yet I think 
we know that it's not quite that simple. God doesn't give directions clearly like a GPS does, but I do think God leaves clues on the road. And with a little training, we can use them to stay on mission with God. So how do we discern uh, what God wants us to do? Step one, pray. We pray about where God is leading us. Philippians chapter 4 says that in everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests before God. Prayer is the cornerstone practice of our faith. It is a mechanism by which we talk to God, the method by which we learn about God. And when we share our, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our anxieties with God, God shapes us. God molds those hopes and dreams. God softens our fears. The more we focus our eyes on God in prayer, the more we begin to see the world through God's eyes. The more we focus our eyes on God in prayer, the more we will be able to see where God is on mission in the world. Now, if we're going to be intentional about asking God where we're going, we also need to be intentional to listen to what God says. So if step one is pray, then step two, look for God to answer. Now, here's where I think God leaves clues along the road of life. God might not say, in a hundred feet, turn left, but he might teach us about forgiveness at church and then nudge us towards an intersection where we cross paths with someone in need of forgiveness. Or maybe we see one of those folks alongside the road with the cardboard sign that says, anything helps. And we drive on past, but their image stays in our mind. We go to church and we hear about churches united for the homeless and the many ways that our church partners with them to help folks who are in need. And we realize that this is a spot where we can get on board. Sometimes God is as subtle as a two by four, and sometimes God is as loud as a nudge in the night. But I believe that when we pause to listen, we begin to hear where God would have us go. Now, God leaves other clues along the road too. Uh, the Bible is a clue. Now, scripture is not a magic eight ball. We can't bring our questions to it, give it a shake, and expect us to spit out the right answer. However, scripture teaches us what God values. And God values helping the poor, giving generously, living in a community of faith, loving God, loving your neighbor. And so when we're discerning how to live in the world, scripture reminds us God will always guide us in those directions. Now here's another clue. Start with what you have and listen for what the world needs. God will always push us towards loving God and loving our neighbor. So if we listen to what our neighbors need, take a look at what we have, we may be able to connect resources with the people who need it. Here's another clue. Uh, look at what your church is doing. There are many wonderful things about serving God as individuals, but when we pool our resources together, we're able to have a much bigger impact than any of us could do on our own. So ask, what is your church doing and how can you help? So here's another clue. Uh, there are many times in life where we want God's directions to be obvious, as in we want a sign that says we're going the right way. And we don't always get them but sometimes we do. The other day I was praying for a friend facing a career change and they didn't know which way to turn. Uh, so I prayed, Lord, you've often showed up in books for this person, perhaps you could send the right book. And a week later, that friend called me saying that they had found a book from the best reviewed author on the subject and the book's release date was on their birthday the next week. Maybe sometimes God does show up in a sign and the trick is knowing whether the sign is from God or whether it's a coincidence in the world. Uh, here's another set of clues that many of us look for. Uh, the right conversation at the right time, the right door to be open, the wrong door to close. When I was in college, I heard distinctly from God that um, I was called to spend time abroad as a missionary. I just didn't know how or when. 
So after months of praying, I remember deciding I would finish college first, then go as long as God wanted to take me. And I remember praying, Lord, this is my plan, but if it is not yours, please let me know. And it turned out to be one of those moments where God said, in 400 feet, make a U-turn because my plan systematically fell apart. Every group I tried to join said, no, my class schedule fell apart. I am a singer and my own choir didn't even want me anymore. It was as though every door was shut. And that's when the right conversation happened. I was complaining about all this to my dad one day when he subtly asked when I would be going abroad. So I began researching missionary groups and wouldn't you know, as surely as one door had shut, another one had opened. And a short time later, I left the country. So God leaves other clues too. God speaks through the advice of trusted friends. God speaks through the lives of people who have faced similar decisions in life. Uh, God speaks through our minds, encouraging us to collect data and make well-reasoned choices. Sometimes God speaks to us in a peace that we just can't explain. What I'm trying to say is this. The more we focus our eyes on God in prayer, the more we are able to see where God is on mission in the world and use God's clues to figure out where to go. So let's talk scripture for a moment. Acts is full of stories where followers of Jesus are trying to be on mission with God. And I think today's story gives a really accurate sense of what navigating life with God feels like. Um, So in this text, uh, we read about the Apostle Paul as he is trying to discern the very next step for him. Paul started, as many of us would, with what he already knew. He knew he was called to be a missionary. He would spend his life traveling the world, teaching others about Jesus, and planting churches wherever he could. So he started with what he knew about himself, and then he prayed, listening for God's voice. Perhaps like us, I imagine he prayed, uh, prayed about the destination, used his brain to think about what might be best. He conferred with other missionaries, and as he prayed for God's guidance, he decided Asia. So as our text begins, Paul says, Lord, I plan to travel to Asia. If that's not your plan, please let me know. And then we hear something so surprising. The Spirit of the Lord prevented him. Now, I don't know what that looked like for Paul, but this is most certainly a closed door. So he tries to discern again. This time he started along an old route where he had traveled before. And when he comes to a fork in the road, he says, you know, last time I turned left here, how about this time I turn right? And he turns north to enter Bithynia. And again we read, the Spirit of the Lord prevented him. Another closed door. Now that is when Paul got a sign, a vision, in which a man from Macedonia calls for his attention. And Paul determined that this was the next destination, and off he went. Now, scripture cleans up our story a bit here, but it says he was in town for a few days before visiting a riverbank where people would be praying. History's best guess is that he was looking for a synagogue or some other place of prayer where he might find this man who is in his dream. Uh, Perhaps he thought that the Jewish men were the most likely to welcome him. So that's who he's trying to visit at the river. But instead of finding this Jewish man, he finds yet another closed door. For there are no men there, rather some non-Jewish women. Now, if I were Paul, I would be so fed up at this point. I'd been rerouted several times, tried to be diligent, tried to make wise plans, and they just keep not working out. I appreciate scripture's honesty here. Sometimes it is terribly frustrating trying to figure out where God is leading. And yet... Despite all of Paul's plans going awry, God's mission was still accomplished. Because among the women gathered there is a Greek woman named Lydia. 
And not only is she very receptive to the word of God, she has just the right resources to advance the mission of God. And that new church that Paul was trying to start, it begins in her very home. We are not on mission when everything has gone according to plan, but and when we persist until God's plan is perfected. Paul did not complete God's mission because of his brilliant planning. The Holy Spirit accomplished God's mission through Paul because Paul was diligent in prayer, and each time Paul found a clue on the road, he changed course accordingly. We are on mission not when everything has gone according to our plan, but when we persist until God's plan is perfected. So here's my hope for you today. Uh, as much as we would like it, navigating life with God is not like driving with a GPS, but I do think we are called to get on the road and drive and watch for the clues God puts all around us. So to that end, I want to share a video with you today of someone from our congregation um, who did this process and discovered where her unique passions fit a need in the church. It's yet another example of what it looks like to be on mission. So I encourage you to check out this video now. Hi, my name is Beth Knockin Hansen. I have been singing since I was just a kid. I sang my first solo at West Acres, Silent Night, when I was 10 years old. And then I've been singing in a worship band since I was 17. When we came to Good Shepherd, I sat with my family and just sat back and listened. And after a couple of months, I decided I couldn't take it anymore and I wanted to be a part of the worship band here. So talked to them and I was included and welcomed and I think we joined the church I don't know how many months later. <laughs> there is something about Christian music that feeds my soul and being able to use my voice which I somehow discovered was a gift I guess um, just fills me up. Um, it makes me feel good and I hope that it helps other people connect with God and feel good also. I think a couple of the wonderful things that I have really enjoyed about Good Shepherd is being able to sing outside of the church. Um, Carols and Cocktails has been a really fun event at Christmas time, and Beer and Hymns is also an awesome event where we get to expand beyond the church walls and maybe reach some people outside of the church with our music. And I find that very rewarding. I think coming to church almost every week um, keeps me grounded and connected. And listening to the sermons and listening to the music, it just helps me feel closer to God. And then just knowing that I'm a part of something where everybody else is also feeling connected to God is just a really strong thing for me. My husband Lane and I, we both grew up attending church very regularly and faithfully with our families. And we've tried very hard to make that an important part of our family, coming to church together. My boys have both gone through confirmation here. Zach is confirmed and after confirmation he helped with Sunday school and vacation Bible school and my younger son Bridger is still in confirmation and I love coming together and having him work on his sermon notes 
and seeing what he writes and that helps me connect stronger in faith with him. And our daughter who is engaged and going to be getting married soon, we hope and pray that she and her future husband find a church as wonderful as Good Shepherd, that they can become part of that family and they can grow in their faith also. Friends, God's mission is too great to ignore. We are on mission not when everything has gone according to our plan, but when we persist until God's plan is perfected. Beth found one way that she could be on mission, and the Apostle Paul found one way that he could be on mission. And as this church seeks to be on mission together, I ask, what about you? How will you be on mission? Please remember that you might get it wrong. Uh, the Apostle Paul got it wrong on a few occasions. I've gotten it wrong. Everyone gets it wrong from time to time. And yet God, in God's great mercy, will keep putting clues out there. So even if we make a wrong turn, God always offers us another chance to get back on the road. So the mission is too great to ignore. And we hope to keep finding ways to be on mission together. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Check back weekly for new content. And if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org slash giving for a one-time or recurring gift. Or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. This is Life in FM.